Star Wars 7x7 episode 3005. All right, we are doing our seven takeaway breakdown of episode two of the Andor series, officially titled That Would Be Me, alternatively titled Setting the Table. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So yes, That Would Be Me is the official title. It's based on a line of dialogue that Cassian delivers that has to do with why anybody knows anything about Canari and about him being from Canari, and he has to tell Marva, that would be me. Reason I'm alternatively titling it Setting the Tables because that's pretty much what this episode does. This episode is all about setting up episode three in the series. We'll start as we did with the first episode and talk about the flashbacks. So as with the first episode, there are three sections of flashback. One with the alphas of the Canari going through the forest and then a second with the alphas arriving at where the crash site is and the main alpha, the alpha number one, and they're all described as alphas in the credits. So no names are given or anything like that. Approaching the ship, seeing yellow gas spewing from the ship and seeing a couple of bodies that look like their skin has been tinted yellow and then one of them actually still being alive and for some unknown reason deciding to shoot Alpha 1 in the back which then gets him <laughs> full of blow darts and they rescue Alpha 1 and apparently are taking her back to the camp. She does appear to be alive and the audio description says that she's alive and has a glazed look on her face. But as everyone is carrying that Alpha back to presumably their encampment, young Cassa stays and looks back at the ship and his fist clenches and we know that he's gonna go investigate whatever's going on in the ship. Now the second thing that we'll talk about is the deal with Canari. So in that flashback, in the first of the flashback sequences, we see young Cassian pause and look over what is described as an industrial wasteland in the audio description. It's also described as an abandoned mine and a terraced quarry, and there are steam pipes and generators in the jungle around it. Those are, of course, probably <laughs> defunct by now. So when Cassian goes to ask for a ride, he is talking to a human and an alien who are discussing the alert that had come through from the Preox Morlana authority about finding a uh, you know male fitting Cassian's description and they haven't heard of Canari so another note for it being rather obscure but they're able to pull up on a databank that it was abandoned after an imperial mining disaster at least that's how the official record puts it and the record also says that everyone died and that it is abandoned and considered toxic and there's an imperial prohibition on presumably the planet. And that rolls us right into the third thing we're going to talk about, which is Cassian's backstory and the significant details that we learn about it. For a start, it seems like the whole fest thing, yeah, maybe that's not actually true. Marva says that every document she's ever filled out says that he was born on fest, but you know, Canari is where we see him and his whole thing in Rogue One about being in the fight since he was six years old, it makes you wonder whether, you know, based on this new information, he was on Canari and he did something as part of the tribe of people that are on Canari that maybe drove the Empire off. Maybe they attacked that quarry. Maybe they created some kind of disaster that made the Imperials have to leave the planet. 
We also find out that Cassian has a criminal record, including insurrection, which is a huge charge, destruction of imperial property, and assaulting an imperial officer. So this also made me wonder whether we're going to have flashbacks continuing throughout the series, because the scenes where he is in that sort of prison jumpsuit kind of thing, and you see tons of people running through tube corridors and whatnot, like that could constitute insurrection and destruction of imperial property. So I am wondering if we're going to see more of that. And the photo that they have of him, or the hologram that they have of him at Premoc, or Preox, is one of him without a beard, and that's how we see him in those scenes. So yeah, I'm wondering if that is going to be you know, more flashbacks throughout the series, which is kind of something that we talked about in previous episodes as we've been speculating about the Andor series, whether that was going to be taking place in a different time period. And it certainly seems like that's lining up. But back to the Canari thing, this may also be a bigger deal too because Marva and Cassian make a big fuss about the whole Canari thing. Like, who have you told that you're from Canari? Like, everyone I've told is dead, Marva says. And they talk about family, and Marva says, oh, you know, I'm worried about all your women. So there's another nod to Cassian being a womanizer and a scoundrel, which leads us into the next thing we're going to discuss is Tim. Ah, poor Tim. And there was a song back in the 70s. <laughs> I think it was, I want to say it was Dr. Hook, I could be wrong, um, called When You're in Love with a Beautiful Woman. And it's all about how if you're in love with a beautiful woman, you know, you're always suspicious. You're, you know, checking out her friends, making sure that, you know, nobody's messing around with your woman. Like, yeah, very proprietary kind of song. And that's basically how Tim is behaving because he's in love with Bix and he is definitely suspicious of what's going on with Cassian. But it doesn't seem like it's just general suspicion. It seems like it's romantic suspicion. But he must be one of the folks who knows that Cassian is from Canary because he responds to the alert that the Preox folks put out looking for a Canari male on Ferrix. And yeah, he at least has the, <laughs> the decency to seem guilty about it. And as we're going to find out in episode three, that action actually costs him dearly and permanently. Then for a fifth thing, let's talk about Sergeant Linus Mosk. So Cyril Karen has found a kindred spirit in Linus Mosk who... In the trailers, when he was like, there's fermenting out there, the pockets are fermenting. I have to say, that character came off as just kind of... <laughs> uh, inconsequential, I guess I'll say. You know, just that it seemed like he was more of an alarmist than anything else in that you know, brief bit of footage that we saw in the trailers, but he's definitely not that. He is actually a true believer and also says that the corporate security forces are the first line of the Empire's defense. So even though the whole pre-ox thing, like they're trying to stay out from under the Empire's radar, at least according to the chief inspector, but man oh man, Linus sees himself and his corporate security forces as an extension of the Empire and says that, yeah, you want to keep the blade sharp, we got to use it, we got to go out there. And the two of them, Cyril and Linus, are definitely finding themselves in stark agreement and it's the kind of ally that Cyril has been desperately looking for. Like his, yes, like just his excitement and reaction that Linus feels the same way about the dereliction of duty that the chief inspector has created by saying file the suitable accident report, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's something that, oh, how wonderful for Cyril. That's nice. And that's also going to end up being a problem too in its own way. And then finally, this is our sixth thing. We get the entrance of Luthen Rail into the festivities. 
Now, as a quick aside, as Luthen is approaching the planet Ferrix, there's a conversation he has with what's described in the closed captioning as a Fondor droid mod, whatever that may be. Fondor is a planet in the colonies region of the galaxy and home to some pretty significant shipyards. There's some question as to whether it was allied with the Republic or the Confederacy of Independent Systems, aka the Separatists, during the Clone Wars. I think it stayed with the Republic, but Wikipedia isn't necessarily giving me a fully definitive answer on that. It was the site of a couple of battles during the you know, Civil War between the Empire and the Rebel Alliance, and eventually the First Order overtook it during that whole business. So there's a brief and incomplete history of Fondor for you. And the discussion with the droid mod and Luthen suggests that they've been on missions like these where you know he has to park his ship somewhere far enough away from where he can catch a shuttle into where he's going to have his meetings and whatnot just to avoid detection. And he meets a fun character named Willie on the shuttle in who he doesn't want to say what he's doing on Ferrix and Willie says, yeah, I don't blame you. Like you never can tell who you're talking to anymore. Kind of a subtle hint that spies are everywhere, whether it's Imperial spies or Preox Morlana spies or people who are just informing on people to make money and ratting people out and that sort of thing, which Tim did it and he didn't even get a reward for the tip or anything like that. There was no reward for the information. And so the episode ends with Luthen coming into the port to you know, visit the city on Ferrix, Cassian heading toward where the meeting place is going to be, the Preox corporate security forces on their way to Ferrix. Bix out, quote-unquote, running errands, which is probably going to be to go meet with Luthen Rail. Tim sitting there stewing in his guilt. And Marva knowing that something bad is going to happen, just reflecting on her time with Cassian. And we're going to find out more about that in the next episode of The Andor Show. The last thing I'll flag for you, which is just a fun fact situation. So, you know the time grappler, the guy with the hammers who's banging on that giant anvil to mark the start and the end of the work days on Ferrix? Well... In the audio description, that anvil is described as being made of Beskar steel. I thought that was a pretty cool little factoid and wanted to make sure I shared that with you as well. And so that's what I've got for you in our seven takeaway breakdown of Andor episode two entitled That Would Be Me and That Would Be the End of this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and/or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.